Hi, this is Tokyo US brand manager Ian Harvey. I'm here with Ben Ogden. Ben has five individual top 10 finishes at World Juniors, as well as a second, a first, and a first in the World Junior Relay. That's, in my mind, the most successful junior we've ever had, probably. He's also been, he was 11th in 2021 in the U23 Classic Sprint after finishing third in the qualifier. Ben finished 17th as a first year U23 in the 2021 World Championship Classic Sprint. Clearly, this is one of the most talented and capable young racers that we've ever had. Ben is John Ogden's son, against whom I used to race, and is the brother of Catherine K.O., who, used, who uh, skis World Cups, and Charlotte, who is a promising young skier. Ben skis for Stratton and is a senior in college, also skiing for the University of Vermont. So, Ben, it's a pleasure to finally be able to interview, thanks to the NCAA for changing the rules. Um, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super psyched to uh, to be a little bit more vocal about my relationship with Toko finally this year. So I'm uh, I'm fired up to uh, to do a little interview here and help get my name associated with the brand. <laughs> thank you. Okay, well, let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up, and how did you start ski racing? Yeah, that's a great question. I uh, grew up in a little town called Landgrove, Vermont, <clears throat> and uh, I started ski racing with the uh, the local youth club, which was called the Bill Coke Ski Club, of course, because uh, Bill Coke lived in the next town over to me in uh, southern Vermont. And uh, yeah, my dad, uh, as you mentioned, John was the uh, was the coach of the youth ski league, and you know he organized all kinds of fun games and stuff for us after school. So that was really what got me what got me hooked on the on the sport when I was young. So I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but your father was really successful. When I was um, in the Bill Coakley Youth Ski League, he actually won the BKL YSL championships. So that's <laughs> one heck of a thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I skied against him later in life and in college, and he was a, quite a good skier. But that was the first time I ever met him was when he won the race. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, who is this guy? <laughs> that's okay. awesome. So you're a Vermonter through and through. You ski for both UVM and Stratton and are from a very uh, strong, well-known skiing family. How do you feel about Southern Vermont or Vermont and the skiing opportunities that it offers? Yeah, uh, good question. I, you know, I think those who know me well know that I take a lot of a lot of Vermont pride in, uh, in everything I do. And uh, <clears throat> We're good. Sorry about that. I had a, my headphones decided to turn off, but uh, I think I saved it. You can hear me now. Yeah, yeah, all good. Okay, great. So yeah, I take a lot of I take a lot of Vermont pride, and uh, you know, early in college, when people always ask me how I ended up at UVM and why I didn't go to Dartmouth and whatever Utah, you know, a big part of my answer was it's Vermont. You know, you gotta you gotta represent Vermont through and through, and I'm happy that I can do that. In college, and as you mentioned, I can sort of do that in uh, with my club team with uh, SMST two. They're from Vermont, and uh, you know, yeah, it's a, it, I'd say it's a big part of uh, of who I am, and I'm proud to you know wear wear the catamounts over in Europe and everything. So, yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I think it's it's really important, and and with Sverry Caldwell and Sophie and you know all and Andy Newell, who I obviously looked up to growing up and and uh now you know 
these are, you know, these are some of the best skiers in the, uh, in the country and in the world. And they, and they come out of right, right in my hometown, basically. So it's a cool thing to sort of keep, keep it going and keep representing Southern Vermont. So <laughs> I'm all about it. So as a follow up, Southern Vermont's got a pretty unique history when it comes to skiing. I mean, it, Indeed. Back in the day, uh, more or less, the entire national team was Southern Vermont based and um, coaches as well. And um, they've more for the most part have stayed local. So you can run into Bill Cope on any given day doing what he's doing and um, many other notables. Have you felt like the amazing history and corresponding know-how there has helped pull you along? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, I should have included this in my original answer, but yeah, the, uh, you know, having Newell and, uh, yeah, uh, Chris Freeman was down in Southern Vermont for, for a long time when I was young. And yeah, like you say, uh, Bill Koch and Sophie and all those and Sverry Caldwell, you know, they really have a, have a true understanding of, uh, of racing and the sport and what it takes to, to rise to the top level. And, you know, for me, that was, it was so inspiring having all the, all the fast skiers and all the Olympians around there when I was young. And then as I sort of started to develop a career for myself, you know, it was huge to have people like Pat O'Brien and, you know, Sverry as my coaches because they had seen so many athletes and, and really understood like what, what was important in training uh, in high school and everything like that. So yeah, it was huge. It was huge for me to have that kind of support as a, as a developing skier. So that's something I think that Europe has had on us for years. And that is a club that's bottom to top, you know, juniors mm -hmm. all the way up to elite, where yeah. the elite people in that club are world champions, Olympic champions, or, or top World Cup competitors. And so as a kid joining that club, you've got confidence in everything you're being told to do or recommended to do because you've seen it be successful. And, and I, I think you've had the same opportunity. I mean, you've, you've seen, for example, Jesse and Andy, just to pick two, but you could also pick Sophie and Simi, for example. Um, you've seen these athletes years ahead of you kind of doing the same workouts you, you were doing and, and with the same coaches and coaching. And, and now that you're in the elite level as a second year senior, I think you're well on your way. It's got to give you confidence in what you're doing, knowing that, that this is a proven path and, and you're on the way with, with proper help and guidance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when we're, uh, it, you know, it, uh, it really is, you know, drives the point home when someone like Sverry says, Hey, you know, like after intervals, you gotta, <clears throat> you gotta do a nice long cool down or you gotta like change your socks and stuff like that. When you, when you got Andy Newell and Sophie and, and all of them right there and, and they sort of show you how to do it. And, and, or Sverry says, Oh, when I coached, you know, Andy in high school or when I coached, uh, Simi, you know, I, I, you know, told them to do X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, look where they are now. That's, that's really powerful as a young skier. And uh, yeah. And then, you know, also I remember when I was really young, middle school and high school, you know, we used to go over, I used to go over and ski with Will Coke and Bill Coke. And, you know, Bill had all these stories about racing in the seventies and, and whatnot. And uh, you know, he, his advice has, has meant a lot to me over the years too, because he, like so many pe people in the Southern Vermont ski community really understands like, you know, 
or really knows how to put things into perspective. You know, like he, when he's talking about how he won an Olympic gold medal and, uh, you know, people were laying sticks out on the trail to like try to get people's skis to de-ice and stuff. And, you know, it, it put things into perspective and it reminds you that this is, you know, the, the sport is really just like, or I, I'm not quite sure what I'm trying to say, but, you know, it, it brings out the purity in the sport a little bit, in my opinion. And it, and it reminds you that it's not everything has to be, you know, your heart rate doesn't always have to be perfect and you don't always have to be in the exact zone. You know, sometimes you just gotta, you know, put your head down and, uh, and train hard. That's kind of what I remember learning from Bill Koch as a youngster. So I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, it's, been, it's a huge part of, of how I developed. So, yeah. Cool. So I don't want to detract from what you just said, because what you just said was really important, but I'd be remiss not to uh, point out that he won the silver medal in the Olympics. Uh, oh, what, what did I say? Gold medal? Yeah. And he, oh, geez. He won the overall World Cup. Um, right. So, I mean, he's incredibly successful and yeah, yeah, absolute yeah. idol and icon and someone I look up to very much, but, you know, we don't need <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, good point. <laughs> no, I misspoke. I get confused. We've got Jesse, who's the gold medalist, Bill's the silver medalist, but, you know. Yeah. That's all right. Both and they're very both, talented. Both overall World Cup champions. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Good catch, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You went to your first World Juniors in Golm, Switzerland, and finished an amazing seventh in the 10K Classic with two years left as a junior. How did you react to that result? Were you shocked by it or did you expect it? I mean, that's that's really damn good. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a while ago all of a sudden. But yeah. I remember that result as being a complete shock for, to me, for sure. You know, I think uh, that race was at a little bit of altitude, which is always good for me. And uh, I had really good skis. And I really just went into that. You know, I remember my goal for that year was to was to qualify for Junior Worlds. And, and uh, you know, it was, almost, it was almost like once I was there, I was just – I didn't have a lot of expectation for myself. And I don't think – really people had a lot of expectation for me. So, you know, I just sort of raced and raced hard and, you know, I took every, every race as an opportunity. And I think that, yeah, that, that result really surprised me and sort of uh, showed me that I have a place on, I, I have a spot on the sort of international stage and it really, that more than anything got me really excited for the future, you know, because I, it showed to me, showed me that, you know, I still had two years left in, as a junior and I could, uh, I could progress a lot and maybe have some real good results when I was older, you know, and I think I basically got on the U S team my first time off of that, uh, result and maybe the relay, but yeah, no, I mean, that was, that was amazing. And total, total surprise for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually if a person's goal is to make the world junior team, they don't end up top 10 in world juniors, you know, it's right. And I, I mean, I went to a few world juniors myself and one year, for example, I was our top finisher and I was 42nd, right. You know, a minute and a half out. And yeah. Um, so that I, number one, it shows how far we've come as a country, but it also, uh, it's pretty impressive. So mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about the relays. You finished second in Gomes and then you finished first in the year after. And then the year after you finished first and you didn't just, I mean, it was amazing that you defended the title, but you blew everyone away, which was so fun to watch and um, inspiring. Uh, I should point out, Luke Yeager ran an incredible scramble leg on that on that um, second victory, which kind of set the stage. You know, it's I don't think it's a plan to blow everyone away, but when, you, when Luke Yeager hands off to you with a thirty-something second lead, you know what are you going to do? Wait for everybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
So I want to hear your thoughts about these historic and very exciting finishes because that must have been incredible. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a great question. Definitely another big part of sort of my my ski career. Um, the first, yeah, the first one in Gomes, that second place. You know, I think a lofty goal for I don't know what bib we were wearing, maybe nine or something, which is what the the team before us had gotten in the relay. And, uh, you know, I think a lofty goal for us maybe would have been top five or something like that. And I remember, you know, we, we had sort of like had dreams of being on the podium, but at some point during the race, the, uh, I don't know, maybe in the third leg or something or the second leg, the sort of like lead, the, the first three teams got away from us and there was kind of a, quite a big gap. And I remember Gus got tagged off too. And, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, quite the determined skier and the, the guys out front I don't remember what countries Norway Russia and someone else sort of I think they stood up a little bit and they were kind of playing the tactics game and all of a sudden Gus was just eating into their uh, eating into their lead and then you know I guess <clears throat> as you say you know he came in and and was able to out sprint even one of the, one of those teams and or two of those teams and get us onto the into the second place which was just like it was insane for all of us. It was, it was the most exciting thing ever. Um, we were so fired up. And then going into, going into the next year in Lati, um, our goal really was to win, you know, because, I mean, we were second the year before. You kind of got to gotta set yourself a, a goal that's higher. But I think there was, there was a little bit of doubt, or not doubt, but, like, you know, it wasn't, certainly wasn't a surefire thing. There were some real strong teams and, and uh, we were trying to compare ourselves, and, and I think we weren't so sure. But, but yeah, you know, then sort of like the year before, the, the three of us kept kept uh, our team in the race, and then, you know, Mister Mister Schumacher does what he does best, and just blew everyone out of the water on that last climb, which was, I mean, I remember we were standing there with all the U.S. people, you know, and you can see so well in Lati. There was a big jumbo thing, and and you can see the hill. And we're just like, oh man, he's gonna do it, you know? He's gonna, he's gonna win. And I, I was, I remember that I was like uncontrollably jumping up and down. And I was just like, oh my god, it was so fun, you know? And the 5K is whatever, you know. I've raced hard, but it's 5K. Still had plenty of energy for afterward. So we were all so stoked. And and uh, when Gus came through, you know, the the big long straightaway going the other way before the finish, like we knew we had it. And then he come, came into the finish line. Oh my god, I mean, it's just like so exciting when he won i mean i, I don't know as goes down as one of the one of the most exciting days and i've ever had i just yeah it was so cool and it's, and it's really fun to win as a team you know the, the relay thing and the individual sport you know whatever it's cool to have some individual success but it's oftentimes that when you when you have individual success those around you maybe didn't have success so it's not quite as exciting and, and when you win as a team i mean oh my god it was just so much fun. Everybody was so stoked. All the other countries too, you know, like that was what was crazy for me was that all the other countries were so pumped for us. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard this story in other interviews, but, you know, everybody's coming up to us. Then we got the Norwegians are stoked. I mean, it was, it was just amazing. And uh, what a cool experience. And then, you know, progressing to the next year in, uh, in over, over Wiesenthal, you know, we all of a sudden sort of had this target on our back and, and we couldn't sort of shoot for the, for a higher goal. So we were kind of like looking behind us, you know what I mean? 
worried, <clears throat> worried that we weren't going to be able to defend it. Um, but we had a lot of confidence. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, you can look at Luke on the start line. He's like doing all kinds of, you know, showboating and whatnot, <laughs> which I thought was cool. But yeah, you know, I, I think we, we uh, put a lot of pressure on ourselves for that race. And certainly Luke's, uh, Luke's scramble leg showed us or sort of showed where our head was at. And I think, you know, we just, we just raced hard for that whole race. And yeah, it was cool. Like, it was cool that, you know, Gus sort of got to kick back on his lap. He got to take the flag early on, sort of like parade down the finish line instead of pushing it for the very last, for every second, like he had in all years previous. But yeah, I mean, oh, what, what an amazing, you know, I'm so lucky to have been a part of that, uh, those three years. And yeah, it was, a, it was a ton of fun. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my synopsis. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think you know this and you've heard it. I'm, I has to be, but the entire country was rejoicing. I think that was as important to me as a gold medal yeah. in, in an Olympic gold medal. I mean, it was so yeah. symbolic. I, I did my share of World Junior Relays myself, and um, we were not fighting for the podium for a number right. of reasons. And um, just it was symbolic of how far we've come, and and obviously it made the country very hopeful of the future, and it just made us proud of ourselves and. And your result was result of uh, decades of hard work in terms of coaches development and getting support for the different programs. And, you know, kind of the entire community has been elevated. Yeah. And we're turning into a Nordic ski country. Yeah. Which is. No, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. No, it was, it was really cool. It was really awesome to come back and uh, yeah. You know, like after all those years, but especially after the uh, sort of last one, come back and like yeah give give send my bib down to stratton and whatnot have that go in the office for sferry and yeah you know i could tell that they were all really proud of us so it definitely was yeah amazing and it's cool to have so much support from all the people in uh uh back home so that was cool absolutely so you know you're you've got a good future in front of you in terms of nordic ski racing and you've had some great results um, when did you realize that you've got a heck of a lot of talent and ability? Was it before that world junior seventh place or was it, was it after? What, tell me about that. Yeah, good question. Um, I, I would say really that seventh place in Gomes was a big one for me, you know, before that, I mean, you know, I was, I was, was sort of definitely like, you know, had, had like local talent and whatnot, but you know, the, there's always this sort of like, next level you know if you're good maybe in vermont you know you never know how you're gonna do nationally right. and if you're good nationally well you you might not be so good internationally so you know i think i don't know i don't know i don't remember too well but i think i had some some good junior nationals races maybe as a you know first year j2 and whatnot and then i <clears throat> yeah i went to went to world juniors and got that seventh and uh it was a really you know that was a really important moment for me as a as a skier really sort of told me that I had some, uh, I'm in, some, I'm in that office right next athlete to athlete success or some potential. Um, so yeah, that was good. I would say that that was a big one. And then of course, you know, that relay too, when we got, when, when we got so much positive, uh, feedback after that, that was a big, a big moment for my confidence as a skier too. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> 
Okay, let's shift gears and go to UVM. Sure. Uh, you, you ski for UVM in the New England Carnival Circuit, which is competitive and also a whole heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Can you talk about how important this has been for your development and how it has been how it has been skiing for UVM and Coach Patrick Weaver. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, skiing for uh, yeah. I remember. I guess after that uh, race and yes, those races in uh, Switzerland. I sort of had the decision to go to college or maybe take a year off and ski. And I decided that it was, you know, important for me to work on my degree and go to college and, and having UVM so close and Patrick Weaver there was, uh, was huge for me. So I, uh, the EISA was, uh, is, is a huge part of, um, my development as a skier. You know, it's so fun. It really reminds you, uh, of the of the important parts of ski racing you know after the races everybody from the different teams all like sort of hangs out together and whether you had a good race or a bad race everybody's sort of yucking it up and uh and chatting and it's just it's just so much fun you know it really it really reminds me of uh of what's important about ski racing and then of course like you mentioned patrick weaver has been a, has been a huge part of of my development over the last four years i guess it is now he obviously is an Olympian, has had some, you know, incredible success in the sport. And now, you know, I've, I've learned so much from him sort of uh, as I moved into the upper level of, of ski racing, you know, balancing being in Europe and, you know, ra international racing goals with collegiate racing goals. And, you know, he, he really understands where my um, priorities lie and he's been really helpful making decisions that sort of reflect that because you know it can be hard for me with sort of like the europe thing that you know the international racing and the u.s team combined with college it can be hard to, to make decisions that um you know balance the two very well um so yeah patrick has been has been really supportive of me being in europe of course even though you know as far as being the coach for uvm he may may rather me to be on the carnival circuit but yeah, you know, I don't know. There's a, we have a, a skier, a Russian skier on our team named uh, Anya Bizakova. And uh, she, she came over after, you know, racing for the national team in Russia for, for many years. And, you know, she was really quite burnt out on the whole thing, I think, is the bottom line on um, skiing and training. And she came to the U.S. to, uh, to, <clears throat> pursue you know academics and you know got a spot skiing for uvm and you know we could discuss her story for a long time because it's very very uh, my headphones would like to turn off but now we're good we're back yeah. anyhow you know after after a year of being on the uvm team and racing the carnivals my freshman year, Anya, you know, has made some comment about how, you know, we and, and collegiate skiing taught her to love skiing again. And, and it just like is so indicative of, of the scene. And I can't recommend it enough. You know, it's like it makes me emotional to think that I'm almost done with it because it's just, you know, it, 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 it is everything that's that's good about all the good about skiing, in my opinion, is represented in the ISA and, cool. and in collegiate racing. And and uh yeah, it's, it's, it's huge for me. That's awesome. Um, 
Have you been able to participate in any relays? In college? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, one of maybe one of the best days, one of my most memorable days as a collegiate skier was uh, the Dartmouth Carnival my freshman year. Uh, UVM, we had enough guys where we were able to start three full teams and they're three-person teams in college. So we started three teams and, and you know, I was a freshman and uh, I was on a team with Ian Moore and another freshman named Matthias Overham. And we, um, we won the, ra- the, the carnival, which was cool. But what was oh. really cool was that uh, UVM's second place team, or UVM took second and third. So our teams, wow. all nine of us, which was every single guy on the team, we swept the podium. And it was just like, it was such an awesome day because like, you know, they call us up for the award ceremony and every single UVM skier got to go up onto the podium. Um, and it was, yeah, it, it was cool. I think, you know, m- me, Matthias and Ian had a, had a good lead. Um, but the second two teams were duking it out with Dartmouth and UNH and whatnot. And, uh, and they skied really well, you know, some of our other skiers. So it was, uh, it was an amazing day. And yeah, since then there's been, there's been another uh, last or my sophomore year, we had a relay in, um, in Lake Placid, which was really cool. You know, we had two teams, I think in that race and one of our guys forgot his race suit, I think. So <laughs> what, I, what we did was like, I raced scramble leg. And then I like quickly, I didn't, you know, I tagged off. I didn't even think about like where our team was. I quickly stripped my race suit off because my teammate was racing our, you know, final leg. So, you know, we had like 10 minutes and we had to do a quick change. So I ripped my suit off and there's a funny picture of me. I'm wearing the full white Swix suit, you know, underlayer top to bottom. And I don't know, it's, it was cool. And, and it was, it was one of those things where, you know, sometimes maybe if, if we, someone forgets their suit or something like that you know it goes down as like being disorganized and of course he was disorganized but you know we were just like we all had a big laugh about it you know and, and we were like oh it's not gonna be a problem we'll just we'll just do a quick change and he'll race in my suit and and uh that was a ton of fun so yeah relays in college are, are awesome and there's there's team sprints and stuff so it's fun to you know like i said in the previous relay discussion what's really fun about you know, individual sports is like when you get to come together and sort of like be a team. And, and that's really what college skiing is about. You know, everybody's on their own team. And at the end of each weekend, there's like a winner based on points and it's an individual race out there, but you know, every place you're kind of fighting for your team. And then of of course, you know, at NCAAs, you know, it's cool to, to do well on your own, but like, what's really cool. What's really special about racing in college is when your team does well, you know, because then everybody's psyched and, you know, you get to go back and, and everybody's like, Oh, the ski team, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool. So, so it's been so, so inspirational to me. And, uh, you know, it really, the, the team aspect of being in college is, is just so special. You know, when you're out there doing intervals, it's like, you know, you, you kind of do them as a group and everybody stays together and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very fun. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Um, you got another race experience you'd like to share? You've already you've already gone over a couple, but something else that jumps to mind? Yeah, I mean, I guess the last the, the last big race for me that we haven't discussed would be 
uh, NCAAs in Bozeman uh, when I was a sophomore, you know, right before the start of COVID um, was a, was a really special day for me and for the Catamounts. Um, we had had one day of Alpine and the Alpiners, not to like harsh on them, but they didn't do so good. So, you know, the Catamounts were a good long way behind in the, uh, in the points. And the Nordies came out bluebird day in Bozeman and, you know, everybody was stoked and, you know, the, the guys raced second and the girls had done super well. You know, I think they were the leading team after the first race. So, so we go out there and, you know, I had just come from over recent I'd been in Bozeman for like five days and I hadn't even, maybe not even, maybe it was like three days, but I hadn't even like totally wrapped my head around it, you know, but it was just like classic college racing where you just, it doesn't matter, you know, your preparation wasn't perfect and who cares? Cause you're just going to go out there and you're going to, you're going to push hard. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, it was awesome. And everybody was stoked. We were listening to music in the van and whatnot. And, and we get up there and, you know, I go and I'm getting some splits like, Oh, you know, you're you know, five seconds down and then, or no, actually I think it was classic after over recent where I had gone out so hard in the classic, uh, 10 K there, you know, this was a skate 10 K and I, and I get done with a five K and someone tell someone says, Oh, you're nine seconds in, you know, you're nine seconds up on the field. And I was like, Oh God, you know, what have I done? <laughs> but I kept, I kept fighting through that last lap. And, uh, you know, I think my, my lead went from like nine seconds at five K to five seconds at, you know, 7K. And then I, you know, I had Sam Hendry hunt me down. And I think it was like, even at, you know, 9K. And I was like, oh, you know, I could, I could win this maybe, you know? So I uh, just like pushed super hard and got to the finish line. And, you know, they like announced it. Sam finished, who was the one chasing me down. And, you know, I had him by three seconds. And it was just like, you know, I was the national champion, which was crazy. And, you know, I got to, I don't know. It's just, it was so cool. Everybody was so, so pumped. And, you know, Patrick Weaver was like super proud of me, which felt good. And, and I don't know, that was a, that was a really special day. And then of course, like we went home that afternoon and everybody was all fired up and we were, we were celebrating and thinking about the next day, which was the classic or the uh, classic 20 K. And then all of a sudden, you know, we hear like, Oh, Middlebury, like, no school for the rest of the year, all online, UVM all online. And then NCAA like shut down. Everybody's got to go home. And we're just like, it was just the craziest day, you know, because it's like such a high for, for me, especially. And I think most of our team. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you got to go home, you know? So it, yeah, it was, it was, it was a weird, weird time. And it's a day I'll never forget. Absolutely. Because, you know, start, I started to think of the whole, whole pandemic and, and the COVID thing, you know, it sounds, sounds so stupid, but you know, I, I thought it was like a joke, you know, I'm not a joke, but like, you know, you know, I didn't think it was something that was, that was going to affect our lives in such a dramatic, dramatic way until really that moment, you know, and then we're like scrambling to try to find flights home and it's, and I'm wrapping my head around, you know, not going to school. And, and I don't know, it was, it was a crazy day. So really, uh, that's one experience uh in ski racing that i'll certainly never forget um but but yeah that, that was fun <laughs> cool sounds fun you ski for smst2 as well as uvm some of your training partners have been Simi hamilton sophie caldwell jesse diggins ben saxton 
Um, I mentioned him because he's a heck of a sprinter, and I'm sure he was good for your sprint development. Julia mm-hmm. Kern, to name a few. How do you feel about the importance of talented junior athletes having exposure to training with top elite athletes? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I think it's really important, and I think it's, it's part of the SMST2 sort of mission. And I think that, yeah, you know, when I was young, being able to jump in to speeds with Newell and Simi and Saxton, was huge for me, you know, because again, not only did I sort of be like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm not too far away. You know, it reminded me, and then they go over to Europe and go to the Olympics and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, it reminded me that it shows you, it doesn't remind you, it shows you that like you're capable of, uh, of, of achieving these, these things. If, if you work at it and you do, you sort of follow what they've done. Um, I think it's, I think it's huge, you know, and, and this summer, I'm still sort of the youngster of the group, but this summer we had uh, a kid named Finn Bailey, who I don't know, was 15 maybe years old, pretty young, high school. He came out to training with us a couple times and did speeds just like I did when I was uh, when I was young. And you know, he's he's like just right there, you know, right there, just a stride behind me and Bill and Ian and whatnot. And that, I mean, it's, it's motivating for me too. I, you know, seeing seeing him um, sort of working his way up, and I'm. I hope that, you know, he, he sees that, you know, with, uh, with hard work and whatnot and good training, you know, he'll be, uh, he'll be just as competitive as anybody before too long. So I think it's a cool little cycle that we have going at SMST too. Absolutely. Hey, let's talk about Surrey for a second. Um, when I was a junior, he helped me. No I'm way. in my mid fifties. Yeah. And, and he was, he was a really important person to my development and, my feeling like I was part of the ski community. Uh, I was just some schmuck from Massachusetts showing up. He used to call me Mr. Knee Drive. And the next thing <laughs> you know, I was in the US team. And and um, he, he always treated me the same, which was really well. Um, I love the guy. Um, he's a legendary coach and a legendary human being. You've worked with him pr- pretty much your entire life up until you retired last year. Can you please comment on him somehow or? or yeah. Absolutely, yeah. No, Sverry has been a has been a huge part of of skiing in Southern Vermont, obviously, as you know, and as most people know. Um, but yeah, my personal experience with him is just like just like wh- how you describe it. You know, when I was just like a young a youngster who just like had way too much energy and whatnot, he's tre- he treats me the exact same now as he did back then. You know, <laughs> which I I appreciate. You know, his whole his whole thing, or at least what I understood, was. You, know, you focus on the little things and, and the biggest biggest thing I learned from Sverry, which you know I'm I'm always working on, but his whole thing when we were in high school was like, hey, understand that if you know everything in the rest of your life is dialed and you feel good about it, you uh you know you're bound to be better in skiing, you know, because you can you can be really present and really focus on exactly what you're doing. And of course that was generally in relation to school, you know, because in high school everybody Sverry always heard when we were doing bad in classes or we were acting up or whatever being uh being rude so he uh you know he would always say like hey you know get your schoolwork done you know study hard and and it'll really reflect itself in your racing and that you know in high school I was like ah you know whatever but now that I'm in college I mean it's just it's just so important it'd be the biggest piece of advice I would pass on to someone who was starting out their time in college because you know, if you go to a race weekend and, you know, you're, you got an exam on Monday and you haven't studied and you're stressed and, 
you know, you're not doing well, you have bad grades, whatever, you know, you're, you're not going to be like really present. You, you, you're going to sort of have that always in the back of your head. And, you know, of course I've been like that, you know, it, it happens and whatever, but if you can sort of like, if you can really be on top of your stuff and be in contact with your professors and, and whatnot, you know, you feel so much better and you just have this like sense of confidence when it comes to skiing and, you know, it really translates over, you know, I, I don't think I'm, I'm not, I'm not good enough at controlling my brain to just like have these, these two aspects of my life be completely separate. And, and that was Ferry's big thing. And, and I'll think about that, you know, as long as I'm a skier and as long as, you know, and everything, I think, I'm sure when, when I get a job one day, uh, it'll apply there. So that was a huge piece of advice that I took away from, from my time being coached by Sferi. So let's, let's see, can you sum that up in one sentence that the advice you're talking about? Sure. Um, he, he could sum it up in one sentence better than I could, but, uh, you know, I would say, you know, if all, if other pieces of your, if all the pieces of your life are, are, you know, in, or wait, let me try that one sentence again. Uh, <laughs> um, if you feel confident about like everything going on outside of skiing, that will inevitably uh, transfer over into into your skiing and your racing, and and you'll uh, you'll be faster because of it. Maybe cool. would be what I'd cool. say. <laughs> so basically, recognizing that non-ski stuff affects your ability to ski and yeah and such, so that you have a the total approach to life, having everything squared away as compared to letting all the non-ski stuff go to crap and just focusing on skiing. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. No, I mean. Yeah, and it's it's so important, especially in, in college. So, yeah, it's a great piece of advice right there. Nice. So, you know the SMS T two team really well, uh, and the, the whole system very well. What is something about that team that is a little surprising? Like it's better or worse or different than what you might expect? Yeah. What is what is surprising about that team? Um, I mean, honestly, compared to other teams I've been a part of, uh, Pat O'Brien is really. He, he's different from, from a lot of other teams, you know, he really, he, he works insanely hard. And, uh, you know, I always, I always joke that when I went to Oberiesenthal, Pat was my uh, wax tech and, you know, he goes the extra mile, like, like you've never seen almost to the point where it's like, Hey, you know, there must be something more important you could be working on. Cause I remember when I went to, <laughs> when I went to Oberiesenthal, I get there on the first day and I'm like, you know, I've been traveling. So I'm saying, I'll just go out for like a 45 minute, like walk on the skis, you know, I'll check out the courses. It'll be really easy. And I had some beater skis, you know, like some skis that I, you know, ski down the road on, you know, just, I don't know, old. And I get there. I'm, I'm tell, I told Pat the night before I'll just ski on those, you know, there's no need to, to get too excited with anything else testing wise. Cause I'm going to be going so easy. And I get there the next day, you know, I grab the, my training skis, I head out and I look, look at the base and they have a structure in them, you know? I was like, what the, you know, <laughs> you can barely see the groove. They're so scratched up, you know, <laughs> and they have a structure. So I go for the ski and I get back and I'm, I'm asking Pat, like, what did you, did you like structure these? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just threw a couple layers on there, threw a couple layers of wax, gave a structure, you know, it's going to be better. The snow is super moist. So it's going to be a much more high quality session with, uh, with, you know, some faster skis and, and, you know, I love him for it. I really do. But I, I just cracked him up. It's so indicative of his personality. You know, he want he wants everything to be dialed at all, at all times, even when it doesn't matter, even when it, I don't need it to be dialed, which, 
you know, I appreciate, of course, but it's, uh, it, it takes a little getting used to, you know, and uh, I would say that's really a big, he, he's a, he's a big part of being the coach is a big part of, uh, of that team. And, and his philosophy really trickles down and, and the whole team has got a very pro mentality, which I appreciate, but you know, you, you say what's good or bad, I'd say that's sort of, sort of a double-edged sword at times, but I, I like it in general. I get what you're saying. I, I think it's fantastic, but I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, other sports talk about incremental gains. And if you've got a coach doing that kind of stuff for you and, and paying attention to minutia, you know, you, you gain a second here, a second there, you sleep a little better, you, you travel a little better, you recover a little better. Next thing you know, you know, you've gotten better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And it's nice too, because, you know, again, like I was saying with Sperry's big uh, piece of advice for me, you know, when you're, when you're training with Pat and when he's your wax tech or anything like that, a lot of the sort of things that are sort of nagging at the back of your brain are, are oftentimes taken care of, you know, like sometimes I'll be, you know, relaxing after a race and I'll be thinking like, Oh, I'm going to have to go scrape my skis or go get, you know, everything all set for the next day, which, you know, obviously it's not a hardship at all to go, to go deal with it. But when, when, uh, sometimes when I'm with Pat, you know, he'll be like, Oh no, everything, you know, everything's all set. You know, you go rest, put your feet up, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, but I, I'm all about it. Like you say, you know, I think it, I think it serves to, to elevate the entire team. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Another aspect of that, which I, I think is important to recognize you, you guys are an elite team. You're not a, um, a rec team, you know, you're an elite team with serious exactly. goals and you've got a community behind you, people sacrificing to get you, on your way, you know, fundraisers, et cetera, you know, and you've all got goals and lofty goals. And you have a coach like that who's paying attention to detail and working so hard and sacrificing so much, but that attention detail, you're not going to kind of phone him in on any kind of uh, workouts because he's going to be like, Hey, how come you were skiing that way? Look at your technique. Look at this video. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta use every workout and take advantage of what he's offering you. And if you don't, you'll feel like a, a jerk because here's someone who's giving you world championship caliber coaching and you're, you're doing the BK, you know, Bill Coakley <laughs> effort, you know? No, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's got to really be motivating as heck for you. Oh, I love that. Totally. Yeah, I know. It's so motivating. I mean, every, every single day in the summertime when I'm with T2, Pat's out there on his bike getting video and he's got extra water and, you know, everything's perfectly laid out. Everyone, there will always be, you know, signs saying that we're on the road and yeah, you, you can't, like you say, you can't come to a workout like that and half-ass it. Oh, excuse me. Well, anyhow, maybe that's not too bad, but uh, you can't come to a workout like that and, and, you know, take the junior varsity approach, you know, you, yeah. you even if you're not feeling good or, you, or whatever, you just, you give it everything you got and you, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It totally serves to elevate the entire group. So it's, it's not, Headphone just went up. You back? No. Now you're back. I'm back. No worries. Hey, um, okay, so that's cool. Let's talk about something else. I I know you're very talented in your generation with with let's say your world junior team, relay team, and a few other athletes, super talented coming up. It seems to me one of the things that separates you from prior generations, such as mine is you all are really, really damn strong. What's going on there? How come you're so strong? You mean like physically strong? 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think it's because of, honestly, the, me training. I can speak for myself personally. I don't know about the other guys, but I'm sure it would be a similar answer. But I think it honestly comes from me training with the, uh, the older guys, you know, from, from a young age. I started training with Simi and Saxton, you know, and, and Newell and those guys were always so built, you know, and, uh, and, you know, when they do, they do things like double pull only for, you know, a couple hours or do like a lot of no pull or they do specific strength and stuff like that. And I think that that sort of stuff, starting that when I was young, grr, not super young, but that has really helped me build strength. And then also, you know, understanding what, is important in the weight room too you know for me you know i remember when uh when simi was around he oftentimes would just do a lot of core and a lot of pull-ups and a lot of stuff like that in the weight room and you know that served to sort of show me that that hey you know you don't have to or you're not necessarily like doing huge squats and stuff like that but you know you, you're doing a lot of reps of uh body weight especially with the pull-ups and the and the push-ups and the core so, you know, I think that's been a focus of mine, you know, during the COVID summer when we weren't really in the gym, I just did a ton of, uh, you know, work on the band or on the TRX and with, and just basically core floor core. And I think that, you know, <clears throat> that has really helped me with my strength. But then again, also like, you know, doing the specific strength and the no pole. I know the Alaska guys do a lot of no pole. So I think it's stuff like that, that has, has helped sort of with our strength, but yeah, I'm not sure necessarily for the, for the other guys but cool. that's what's been big for me that's important to hear because i just just my my opinion i think that's what separates your super generation of juniors that are coming through from previous ones i think you're all super strong yeah you know you, you've, you've been doing specific strength properly for a long time i was doing specific strength but i wasn't doing it properly and when i was skating without poles my technique wasn't the way or, or even classic female poles i wasn't doing it properly necessarily so it's not just a, not just doing it, but it's doing it with supervision, with with good people to emulate, and with yeah. people that correct you, you know. And then then you then you develop proper movement patterns that create strength on their own. Yeah, no, totally. I remember, you know, when I would uh, do single stick and stuff. I don't know if people know, but that's sort of when you're just standing straight up on your roller skis and you just use your arms, and really you just use your like back and and uh, and whatnot. You're not you're not really compressing your core, but you know, when you do it with, when I did it with the high school crew, you know, we would be doing this sort of stuff back and yeah. forth and it would yeah. be a total mess. And then I went out and did it with Simi and, you know, Simi was obviously extremely strong and he was just like no movement in the upper body, just his like lats, you know, when he single sticked and, and of course, you know, you, you don't want to look like, a, you don't want to look like a fool in front of him. So I learned to, to do proper single stick and yeah. And I've done that ever since, you know, and uh and he, he his thing was always like hey you know when you're doing specific strength you're not trying to go fast you, you're really trying to go slow you know the slower you go you the more deliberate all your movements are the harder it's going to be and the stronger you're going to get so that's that's been what i think about in singles in uh specific strength which of course you know i've done you know once a week maybe in every training week since i was uh or in most training weeks since i was you know a freshman in high school so yeah that's been a big part of it for sure so so that's example what i'm talking about it's not enough to just do it but you have to do it properly for example 
that single sticking exercise you were talking about, are, do you want a classic ski and move your upper body around like the way you were doing it with your, with, which said your high school team? No, of course right. you don't. So why in the heck are you doing it? You know, yeah. people skating without poles. You see a lot of people skating without poles and they're moving their, uh, their shoulders and their, their torsos moving all over the place. And it's like, yeah. you wanna, when you add poles, are you going to skate that way? Like, are you, yeah. you really want to recruit those muscles when you're skating without poles? No, of course you don't. Yeah. So, so that, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about where you can develop strength if you do it properly. But if you don't do it properly, you're not getting stronger. All you're doing is developing bad habits and yeah, yeah, it, it's no good. So yeah, exactly. that's the reason why you're stronger and, and why your generation is doing so well. You're talented, but I think you're also getting really good coaching, which wasn't available previously necessarily. Right. Exactly. I, I, I totally agree. So here's a question. First, let me just say you were 21st. Um, sorry, you were 17th in the in the 2021 World Championship Classic Sprint last winter. You were 17th. Fantastic Indeed. result for a young skier. I don't think I don't think you're a sprinter. I think you're an all-arounder. What do you think? Yeah, I like to think of myself as an all-arounder for sure. You know, last year I had a had a couple good sprint results, but I think uh, you know I'm, I'm I'll try not to let to you know just go focus on that route. You know, I I really like uh, distance racing and and whatnot. But you know, I think in the scope of the World Cup for from so someone someone like me. You know, a, a good old-fashioned classic sprint with a nice big hill really, uh, you know, emphasizes my strengths better than any other race compared with those guys. You know, many of those guys have a, have many years and and many training hours on me, so you know it'll take a take a little while for me to match them in the distance. I think, but that's not to say I won't try it. And that's not to say I won't be able to do it one day. But you know, like I say, right here, right now, yeah, I think that on the World Cup, my strengths comparatively lie in the sprints but I, I don't by any means think of myself as a pure sprinter so I mean there's a reason why we train so many hours and for so many years training effect you know there's something called the training effect which right in your case it only makes sense that you're you're strong you're young you're talented so you do well in the sprints and I think it's a matter of time until you start doing better in the in like 15 k's and such when your training effect is more and more of an effect over the years you know and, but I think you can rip a, a good relay right now, for example, a world-class relay. Would I think you agree? so, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I cool. think so. So here's a question. I know you're still young. You're 21, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, of course, you're still gaining experience massively. And we're talking about training effect, you know, what we are just talking about. But what do you think your strengths and weaknesses are as a ski racer? Mm, good one. Yeah. Well, we just touched on it a little bit. Uh, I think that you know, one of my, one of my big strengths is, is really like is tempo, you know, I think a little bit, I think that I can really sort of combine the areas of like power and strength and, and obviously a really fast tempo, which I think can help in the short, the short bursts. Um, but, you know, I don't know, other, other than that, um, I think, I don't know. I think I have a, I think I have a nice classic stride. You know, I, I think I have a good ability to sort of ski on skis with, with lean kick, if that makes any sense, you know, like oh, yeah. not quite, you know, I, I think that's some, that's something that uh, I'm good at. You know, I can take a ski in the college races, for instance, some, sometimes the courses are a little flat and uh, you know, people are talking about double pulling them and whatnot. And my inclination is always to just take a nice lean 
classic ski and uh just you know remember to always kick with like real really determination you know and just like hammer that thing into the snow and i think i can make a real slippery classic ski work for me which uh i would argue is is one of my strengths in more of a distance realm you know um but yeah i don't know altitude has always (laughs) has always served me well i don't know that, that that sort of thing but yeah i think my biggest strength is probably probably the the tempo thing climbing you know short short fast bursts so i don't so know is that because you've got really good natural leg speed or or leg speed that you've worked to develop or is that because your technique is such that that your body stays still or calm and and your range of motion is short and choppy like what are we talking about is this natural learned or also technical um ah uh, good question i think that uh you know, probably a combination of the three, but I think that a lot of it is, uh, is learned, you know, I don't know. I think that I have a really nice like impulse on my classic stride, you know, where, where I'm able to set the wax and kick off of it really quickly, which is, which is helpful, you know, in, in relation to like the classic and then in the skate side, of, in the skate side of things with sort of thinking about the same thing, it's probably a little bit more, uh, a little bit more like you say natural maybe for me i don't know i mean i guess maybe maybe it was it was learned tricky question to answer but yeah i would say maybe a little bit natural just because like you know i feel like i can i can keep my technique together while like you know going going at a high tempo and i think yeah part of that is strength but i don't know tricky tricky question to answer but let me put it this way for those who are struggling with being able to to come out with bursts of high tempo classic striding, what tips would you give them? Ah, good question. I, I honestly would recommend doing some, uh, I mean, summertime doing some bounding, you know, because if you, if you bound, it sort of teaches you that like really choppy, you know, range of motion and you're trying to just like go up a steep hill really quick. But, um, and when you're doing that, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on, What's that? Is your upper body moving over the place? <laughs> no, of course not. My I like to keep my upper body like really tight, and you know, you sort of like get your hips forward, and uh, and yeah, keep your keep your pole mo- motion low, you know, and short, um, which is good for bounding because we generally use short shorter poles. And then also like just getting your as soon as your foot touches the ground, you're trying to like get it off the ground, you know, like cycling your legs over really quick. Um, and then on the skate side of things, you know, I think that like hop skating is a really, a really important thing to try hop, hop V1. Um, you know, you feel like a, you, you feel like a really fast skier when you do it. And uh, again, it's good to, good to practice on roller skis because, you know, you can, I don't know, I think that roller skis are kind of light and they're short and you can sort of like get away with moving your legs around in the or like be, being really fast and you don't have to have the tips catching or anything like that. And then, you know, when you get good at it, roller skiing, you can uh, bring it to snow skis and, and really get up the hill pretty quick. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess in that, in that sense, I would say, yeah, it's, it's a lot of a learned technique, you know? So. Cool. Let's talk about your father for a second. Um, he's an old friend and competitor of mine. He has been battling cancer for the last few years. I wish him well. And I'm sure there are very many others who wish him well. Would you like to give an update on his health? Yeah, yeah, um, sure. You know, everybody, everybody knows uh, 
my dad's a big inspiration of mine and he's a, he's a big inspiration of many and, and a huge part of the Eastern and, you know, national ski community. And, you know, I'm, I'm really proud to, to uh, be his son, obviously. Um, and yeah, his, his health has, has been challenging for the last couple of years, but you know, he, he does not let it get, get him down in any, in any capacity. I mean, everybody sees him out of the races and he's fired up and, and everything. And, and yeah, his, his health, you know, he just had a, uh, had a big or a very positive scan. Um, so, you know, it's, it, things are looking positive and he's, uh, you know, on a, on a light treatment, lighter treatment schedule and, and, uh, yeah, in general, things are looking really good and he's fired up. I think he's going to go over to, uh, Europe and see Catherine and hopefully me race over there this winter. So, yeah, I mean, in general, things are positive, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging, um, for him and, and for all of us, but yeah, you know, it, uh, it, it serves as a tremendous inspiration, I think to me and my sisters and, and everybody. So he, uh, yeah, in general, good, you know, I don't know, hopefully that cool. sort, of, sort of tells, tells, paints the picture. Well, I've known him for a long time and I wish him well. Yeah. Um, you grew up in Southern Vermont, but also skied for UVM and you skied all over the place. What do you consider to be your home course and why? Do you have a favorite course or a home course at least? Yeah. Uh, my favorite course is probably uh, Trap Family Lodge, you know, as, as UVM's home course, or it was up until recently. And uh, it's such a beautiful venue. It, you know, it, it shows all the things that are so great about Vermont, especially if you have a springtime race there. You know, Insta Blaze were there when I was a freshman. And, uh, you know, there were sap buckets out on the trees and uh, it was a beautiful bluebird day. You know, you can see you can see the mountains and whatnot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Trap Family Lodge is a really special place for me. Um, so I would say, you know, my home course, if I could, you know, have a championship on any course or at any venue, it would probably be there. <laughs> cool. Super. So you've been you are a Toco Glove athlete and you've been wearing Toco Gloves for many years. Um, what's your favorite Toco glove model and why have you got one? Okay. Yeah. Great question. Uh, I, I've always been a super, super big fan of Toco gloves and, uh, you know, it depends on the day what my favorite, what my favorite, uh, type is, but you know, I, I gotta say I'm a sucker for the profies. I think that those things are just awesome. And, and I get this feeling like when you get the profies on, you know, for, I guess everybody should know, obviously, but the profies are the thin ones. They're the race ones. For me, it's like when you get those profies on, it's, it's go time, you know. I wear them in like the, the times that I wear them the most are late fall intervals, roller skiing, right? Because, you, know, you know, it's not winter, so you don't need to pull out like the, uh, the thick gloves yet, but you need something. So like this morning, we were out training 7 o'clock, and I had my, had my profies on, and that was cool. And then the other time that – I I wear them a lot of springtime racing, which is everybody knows that that's the most fun. You know, when I was in the world championships last year, it was, you know, I don't know, 60, 70 degrees, whatever. And uh, you got to wear something because the pole straps <laughs> don't work quite right if you don't have gloves on. So you get the profies on and I don't know, it just, to me, they're, they're like, they, they're real tight to your fingers and your hand. And it feels like, you know, I don't know. It just like gets me fired up wearing the profies. <laughs> Hard to explain, but those are my favorite. Oh, yeah, I get it. It's almost like putting on your, you have a, you have a race suit that you train in 
but do you ever do you, I don't know I, that's what I used to do for fun you know but you had the kind of like your real race suit for race day oh yeah you put oh, no, that totally. on and then you know it's on right you know exactly it's kind right. of like that feeling huh totally yeah yeah no yeah. we train in 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 the old suits and then we have the new ones and and yeah. when I Patrick gets pissed or gets bummed if we wear them to uh, training on the roller skis so yeah when you get that thing on you know and you get the profies on you know it's time to race and and uh, I don't know I have a lot of good memories wearing wearing those gloves and and whatnot so yeah it's cool cool okay here's here's a, another question I know you're 21 uh, but a lot happens between 18 and 21 so I think this is a really appropriate question what is something you know now that you wish that you knew when you were 18 oh yeah good question um I guess one one thing would be you know and I'm, I'm going to sound like a fool saying it being only 21 but uh you know it's a long it's a long way to get through the whole uh, to get up to the high level and I'm, I'm nowhere near there and you know when I was 18 I, I really took myself quite seriously which is uh is great and it helped me you know become who I am today but you know I would I would probably tell my uh my 18 year old self like hey you know I don't know I remember I was questioning whether I even wanted to go to college you know I thought about I thought about wanting to just like take a year off or, and try racing. And, you know, I can't believe that I almost did that because, because I would have missed out on so much. So, you know, I would have told my 18 year old self to just chill out, you know, it's a long, uh, it's a long career. It's a long, long, a lot of ski racing to come, you know, can, uh, cool. can, can chill out. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Um, what is something about you that might surprise people if they were to find out? Oh, um, I'll see, I guess maybe like, I really like to, uh, I really like to work in the summers uh, in addition to training. A lot of, a lot of people don't do that, but for me, it, uh, it feels good to sort of have two, you know, like in this, during the school year, I obviously have school going on and then summertime, I like to have more than just my training happening, obviously, you know, like a, a lot of, you know, I guess, you know, my priorities lie in training, but, you know, I've been lucky enough to have a handful of jobs with really flexible schedules and, and it's a ton of fun to, you know, go and do some work construction or I worked on a farm for a couple of years. And, you know, when, when there's downtime in training, it's fun to sort of have that to, to go do get your mind off of uh everything of skiing and i think it's been really been really big for me but a lot of people or a lot of you know my peers think of it as just like crazy because you know maybe my rest isn't totally perfect between workouts and stuff but it's fun to, to go out and you know work on some other skills i learned how to weld this summer and huh. and uh, that sort of thing so yeah a lot of people don't know that about me but i i really like to do that in the summer so i think that's not just admirable i think it's also smart because there is a temptation if you can get away with it, you know, financially, et cetera. Waiting for the head bones to come back. Okay. Hopefully that's the last time that happens, but well, uh, yeah, we're almost there. So I think there's a temptation if you can get away with it financially to just work out and then hang out, you know, playing video games or sitting around on social media or whatever during the day and then do your workout again. And then, you know, and yeah. the reality is it's, that's not a very fun life. It's not stimulating. You're no. not progressing as a, as a person and God forbid you get sick. Then what do you do? You're, you're, you're about yeah. to put your wrist, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that 
that's really, really smart. And as a person with that total body wellness kind of approach, I think that's really good because you're making progress as a person, not just as a yeah. speaker. Oh, I, I like that. I think it's really no, good. exactly. Yeah, you're, you're more articulate than I am, but you uh, you really hit on exactly you know the reason that I that I do these things because yeah, exactly. Like when you have a hard day in training or something isn't going quite right, you know, there's no sense in beating yourself up over it in the in the summertime, you know, because because there's plenty more interval sets to come. And it's nice to, to get done and, you know, put on my work pants and, you know, go, go be a different person for a couple hours, you know, and, and, uh, and hang out with, with the guys on the job, you know, and I think if, if you can find the balance and I think I've done an okay job at it, you know, I'm, I'm always working at it, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it can be really good and, and really uh, beneficial as an athlete, because like you say, if you just get sucked into the sort of, you know, train, sit around, train mentality, you know, I think, first of all, you don't appreciate it when, you know, you get to do that in the wintertime. And then also, yeah, you know, you don't, yeah, you don't develop yourself in other realms, which, which feels really good, you know, so it's, it's cool. So I don't know you as well as I know most of the athletes that I work with simply because uh, the incident of has been kind of shielding you and I've been respecting that. And um, so but from what I've seen, you do a fantastic job of keeping things fun and light while at the same time working hard and, and focusing on the details and, and trying to achieve, you know? Um, and the, the kind of the harder you work at succeeding, that, that can have a price of, of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. You know, it costs enjoyment or fun. But from what I've seen from you, you haven't struggled with that balance between fun and pursuit of excellence you've been able to to do both do you have any comment on how to best pursue excellence while still having fun and keeping things light yeah great great question and i do think that, that i should have had that in my brain from one of my strengths because i do think that's uh something that's you know somewhat unique about me and and really something that i'm proud of and uh something something that i do well and yeah a, you know a recommendation for me would be to you know, do everything you can to surround yourself with, with people who, you know, you enjoy their company, not only, but also who sort of like, who aren't afraid to push you, you know, like I think about my, uh, my group here at UVM and, uh, it's, it's so inspirational because, you know, everybody's, everybody's getting out there early when it's pouring rain and whatnot and pushing hard, but then realistically, like we're all the best of friends, you know, no matter what skiing aside. So, you know, we're not afraid to, uh, to make some jokes and, and whatnot after and before, but then when it comes time to do the intervals, you know, we're, we're pushing each other, like there's no tomorrow. So yeah, I think that finding that balance is, is super important. And, you know, again, it reflects on my decision to sort of like work in the summer times and, and stuff like that. I think that, yeah, you know, if you, if you get too technical with these things and, and you're a little, a little bit, you know, too, focused on skiing can take the fun out of it, especially for me in my sort of psyche. So, you know, I I like to uh, understand when it's time to, you know, be super diligent and understand when it's okay to, you know, stand up and crack a few jokes and whatnot. So, (laughs) you know, of course I haven't been perfect over the years. You can talk to someone like uh, Brian Fish or Chris Grover and they'll be like, you know, this, this guy's got to focus up a little bit because sometimes I don't respond to emails and stuff, or maybe I'm sitting in the back of team meetings and laughing at 
stupid things with Luke. But, uh, you know, I think in general, I think in general, it's a, it's a great way to be. And yeah, just understand, don't take yourself too seriously. You know, <laughs> that would be my advice. So I've done a lot of these interviews and I think most people would expect to an interview with a 21 year old up and comer who's been quite successful. It's easy to, to say, well, he's been successful because he's got good genes. He's had great help with, you know, with coaching from Stratton and UVM and all that's true. But the thing I think people probably are overlooking when it comes to you is you're damn smart. You've got great instincts. You know what your strengths and weaknesses are and you know how to, how to leverage them. Like, you know, it's good for you to keep things fun while at the same time focusing and you know how to do it. And so you do it as compared to saying, okay, now I got to be serious. And then, you know, I'll work and no play makes Jack a dull boy kind of a thing. You know, that's right, not, yeah. not your jam and you no. know it. And, and you're able to have fun and, you know, a good time while at the same time really pursuing excellence. And, and there's, there's, there's genius to that. You know, that's something that Jesse Diggins focuses on. That's a, a, something that Gus and I talk about quite a lot. That's something that I think is a, a really important thing for people to focus in on, learn from you regarding, because there's a lot of wisdom in that. That's really important. A ski season or a ski career is very long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can, you can head into the ski season all motivated and full of adrenaline and piss and vinegar. And right by the time January comes by, you're not, you know, you, your smile turned into a frown and you're kind of looking at the calendar. How many more months of this do I have left? You know? Yeah. That's, that's tragic in my opinion, because it's a heck of a fun sport and fun activity. Yeah. There's a lot of incredible people. And, and yeah. you know, what do we do? We glide over snow. I mean, holy yeah. crap, you know, yeah. in, in, in natural splendor, you know? I mean, yeah. it's awesome. And totally. so I think, I think that's something you do really, really well. And I encourage listeners to focus on this aspect of learning from you now and in the future, because you're really good at that. And it's something to embrace, <laughs> not, to, not to be like, oh, you know, now and then someone is mad at me, you know, for having a good right. time. That's, yeah. That's no. something that's, that's borderline genius that you've got going on. That, that <laughs> a lot of, it's, it's not easy to do in a long winter like that. So yeah thank you i really yeah i really appreciate uh uh, you saying that because you know as i'm sure you know and and you just said it's something that's you know i i work at and you know i it's it's really important to me as you know i like to or as how i present myself you know i like to sort of be the lighthearted guy and i'm glad that that comes through so yeah i appreciate it yeah absolutely so normally i would ask you about a mantra or philosophy that can be summed up in a few words we've talked almost exclusively about philosophy and how to deal with this and what's worked for you and um, whole total body, a total approach as compared to just focusing on skiing. There's a lot yeah. of wisdom in this interview. Is there anything you'd like to highlight or something else you'd like to add before we close? Yeah. I think that, like you say, yeah, the, the sort of total, total body, total person approach is, is what's worked great for me. And I think that, you know, my, uh, my experience in college has, has reflect that. And I, you know, I recommend that anybody who, who hears this or, you know, sees me and, and thinks that, you know, see something that they can relate to, I would recommend, you know, trying to, trying to go to college and, you know, cause, cause really like, yeah, my, my pursuits in college have tested it and that whole sort of philosophy. And I think I've, you know, I've seen some success and I'm, and I'm really proud of it on the ski trail, but, you know, I've also seen some success in the, 
in the classroom. And that's, I take the same philosophy to my, uh, to my pursuits in school. Um, where like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to, to sit in the back row and, and, you know, make some jokes about the, uh, about what's going on with, with the guys back there. But, you know, when push comes to shove, I'm going to study hard and I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and do my very best in school. And yeah, I think that, you know, these, this little success that I've had in skiing and, and with this sort of philosophy is, is, you know, can be carried over into many aspects of life school. I'm sure, you know, I can't speak for a job, you know, per se, but I'm sure that, that that philosophy would be important there. So I don't know, I guess that would be my, my biggest thing, you know, like, like you said, yeah, I'm young, I'm still figuring things out. And I think if, uh, if you just keep, if I just keep having fun with it and, and every race, you know, I get to, to have some laughs and, and push hard. I think that I'll, I'll keep, keep developing a love for the sport and ho- hopefully keep progressing. So. That sounds fantastic. Um, we'll, we'll definitely do a follow-up at least one, probably two this winter, depending on, you know, what you got going on and what fits and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll look forward to that. And I'm sure the listeners will too. Um, it's been really fun. Uh, getting to know you a little more over this interview. I haven't as much time with you as I'd like, and I'm sure um, other people will have really not only enjoyed this interview, but I hope learned from it because there's a lot of wisdom in it. So I, I hope so too. Cool. Yeah. No, thanks. Uh, th- thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Sorry, okay. My Thank headphones you. were making a problem, making no. an issue. No worries.